Hello, my name is Ben. And my name is Evan. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague Podcast. Today, our word is the word map. So, Dora, the explorer, <laughs> two words that don't rhyme. There's a, uh, there's a stand-up comedian who does a, a bit about the, the map song for Dorex, <laughs> the explorer. Who's like, he, he, he imagines how, um, what's it? Oh, Brian Regan. Are you familiar with him? His stand-up? No. He's, he's like one of the best uh, clean stand-up comedians. Uh, by clean, I just mean, you know, not, not a lot of profanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. He did a, a bit about being in the pitch meeting for the, for, for the, the map song where they're going, Oh yeah. Are you ready with the, with that song? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, we, we got it. Yeah. I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. Anyway, <laughs> you were, um, older when that came out, right? Or were you, like was Dora? that your time frame? Yeah. Was mm. it, was that when you were, I guess, I guess you could say we're about the same age. I liked Dora when I was younger. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like that was, that was my jam. Okay. 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 <laughs> Dora was, was great for me. Right. Um, did it help you learn Spanish? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to try to flex that at all here. Like muy poquito? Or, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> very, very little. Yeah, very, yeah. very little. I took um, I took Spanish in middle school. Okay. So that was all kind right. of like the tier of that. I should get back into that. But yeah, I watched a lot of Dora growing up. Yeah. It was, um, I was very, I was the child that they put in front of the TV. And you said you, you were, uh, people thought you were Dora. Have you ever gone as Dora the Explorer for Halloween? No, no, absolutely not. Are, are, you, are you just not going to do that? No, no. So I, I've had I've had bangs ever since I was born. I swear to God. Right. So I <laughs> you, you just came right out. I just with came bangs. out with yeah. full fledged full fringe. Yeah. That's how I came out. Um, and I always kept my hair kind of shorter for a long time, so I always got made fun of as like looking like Dora. So I kind of was like, you know what? I hate this Dora chick. Yeah. Yeah. She may like maps. She may like maps. Yeah, that, that's kind of a where in the world was Carmen San Diego? That was before you, but yeah. that was kind of like a, a map centric. The Rand McNally people are trying to rope the kids into learning about maps. Have you ever had to use a paper map personally, <sighs> like when you're on a road trip? Not an official map. No, no, no. no. Not even an atlas. In elementary school, we learned okay. about atlases right. and maps and stuff like that. We had the big map where it was, it was like... It was a rumor. Ooh. It was a rumor. It was a rumor. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like... It wasn't popular enough, but it was still something within my time frame that was, you need to know this. Right, right. But geography. Geography. God, yeah. I hate geography. Why is that? Is because it the, is it the I, memorization part? Memorization, or? and I'm horrible with direction. Okay. That's the, That's it, cut and solid. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you don't know which way is north. Listen, all right. <laughs> I'm still I'm learning saying, about it. But in Colorado, mountains are west, okay, and they're north right. for you guys here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you got you got the we're we're in the valley, Surrounded. right? So yeah. Yeah. For me, maps, paper maps, were things that we used. <laughs> but <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, back in back in my day. <laughs> There was a thing with with paper map. Oh, my father was a huge fan of maps. Whenever I would talk to him about uh, going someplace or whenever he was planning a trip, mm-hmm. the very first thing 
very first thing he did was go to the Rand McNally store and find the right map. And and if you want a map, you've got to there are a couple things you got to consider. You can't use old maps, you know, like you go right. to the gas station and they've got maps on the wall. Yeah. And half of them are like out of date. <laughs> yeah. So you couldn't look that stuff up on a phone back in those days. So you had to just trust the map. Just trust your map. Trust your map. Your trusty map. <laughs> but yeah, he was always like, I would say, hey, I want to go to this place. And he'd just buy me a map. And it was really kind of, you know, trying to encourage me. It's like, oh, right. yeah, you know, plan your trip out. I think maps are cool uh, in that sense. Do you ever use um, Google Maps or anything? Or? Yes. Oh, my God. Google Map is actually my best friend. Yeah. Her and I, best friends. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I love Google Maps for the sake of... Technology is so different to what obviously it used to be is right. if you look it up on let's say I was trying to go to your house right it would have given me like depending on the time of day depending on the weather yep. depending on the traffic. roads traffic yep. it just is like you can get here like your ETA like if you take this road it'll get you there faster if you right. take this road you'll be about five minutes late yep. that stuff's so crazy to me but i really appreciate it yeah that's that those are things built into i mean that weren't built into maps right, right. that's a part of the um, what makes maps nowadays more convenient on our um on our devices is that kind of for the lack of a better word telemetry kind of like that kind of inf- information right right is is it's really cool that you can build that in and and kind of predict a a schedule there's also a cool thing like now also with a lot of the way google does its maps where you can zoom down into the actual like scenery so if you ever wonder if you're in the right spot right you Mm -hmm. can just zoom down into it and go okay yeah the building's over here and they keep all those they keep those pretty pretty well up to date you know i can actually fight you with that okay so back in colorado Uh i still remember my address from my childhood home right and i looked it up the other day and they still had the oldest pictures of my house of when my grandma was doing like she was uh renovating her she really had this idea to put a deck in the front so there's just wood everywhere and gotcha. if you look so it, still it up have, still have the picture there it's yeah. still there yeah. how, how, long ago, how long ago was that oh gosh maybe like 10 years ago okay okay yeah. well that's and that's the thing too like i've seen those google i mean i haven't seen them recently but usually you know you would see those cars that are actually filming that stuff going uh-huh. around i would see those in town occasionally where they were mapping out the streets or or not mapping but taking photos to to put into the google maps mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting thing i've got a cool story about google maps as far as zooming down into that yeah i don't know if you know this but i hang out at coffee shops and (laughs) i particularly i I used to hang out at this one coffee shop that um there was a guy who was a veteran must have you know he was older older man probably vietnam vet oh wow and he had a some mental problems some Mm -hmm. mental issues he would you know be talking to himself and and all sorts of things like that but he was you know generally a really good guy um he couldn't drive or anything but he would go to um the coffee shop (laughs) i don't know if i said coffee shop yeah i don't know if i can say starbucks Everyone else says Starbucks. I guess you could say Starbucks because there's so many locations. To the Starbucks, (laughs) the only one in town. No. So he would go to the Starbucks with his computer, right? right? 
and he would go on trips. So he would say, oh, I'm going to go to Japan today, or I'm going to go to Peru. That's what he would do. He would travel through like the visual maps How by romantic. going through. And it's like, and that's, that's not something that he could do because of, you know, the situation he's in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to, he wants to travel, but he would need other people to be with him when he travels, mm-hmm. whether he realizes it or not. And it was kind of cool that you can do that these days yeah. where you can't do that in a map. You can't even do that in a book, right? Right. Books have pictures of things, but it's not like you can you can't look around. You Interact. can't Right. You can't see people on the street. And that's the other thing too. It's like, oh, I went to you know, he would make up his little stories oh. with these things too. Which was kind of, you know, like cool and sad at the same time. Right, right. <laughs> but but yeah, it was it was really uh, it was really interesting and unique how technology and maps kind of allowed this this gentleman to do things that you know, even 10 years ago he wouldn't be able to do. Right. So cool yeah. cool yep. fact as well, um Snapchat. Uh-huh. If you follow out or if you kind of like zoom out on the map you can click on different parts of the world and people can publicly share stories with the entire world. So if you're ever curious and like what's happening in Vegas, they have massive stories where you can click and then you just see a whole bunch of people's perspectives on like what's happening in Vegas or Japan. It is really cool to see actually. Oh, I can't say I've ever used Snapchat. That's fair. Because I'm an old geezer. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's... Snapchat is, is less of a social app, right? Or is it? It's because it, I thought what's what's the premise behind Snapchat? Because I thought it was you send someone a picture and then it disappears. That's exactly what happens. Okay. The gist of it is you take a picture of something or yourself, right? Send a text or whatever you feel like, and send it to somebody, and you can still have chats in it now. They they really updated it where you can like save pictures and chats and stuff. It's really really just too much now, but it's so fun. It, so it's more of a of a social communication kind of thing than it was before. Where yeah. before it was just send messages to your buddies. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, or send dick pics to your buddies. Yeah, that's exactly what would um, happen. <laughs> but now they've got okay, so they've got social social things on it. Is it as used for that as something like Twitter or is Twitter kind of, you know, or Twitter or um, Instagram? Are those kind of more higher echelon things than than Snapchat or is Snapchat just kind of kind of more of a personal thing compared okay. to like Twitter or Instagram? I don't personally have a Twitter, so I don't really know what that's all about. Right. Instagram, on the other it's, hand, it's, a, it's about birds. It's it's about the birds. Yeah, it's about the birds. Um, I know that Instagram you can selectively choose like you know random people that you want to view. It's uh-huh. so stalker sounding, but it's true. Right. Like if you like idolize, I don't know, like a singer or something, you right. follow them on Instagram, and then you can see their whole life pan out compared to like Snapchat, where you have your selected amount of friends that okay. you communicate with. Right. And I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool that one day I zoomed out. Yeah. I, I'm definitely sure that you could branch it out more. They tried to add in this uh, kind of like a social blog wall, I guess, where uh-huh. you can see just like, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing nowadays, to be honest with you. You kind of see like life hacks or 
other people's Snapchats that are like more famous and stuff, like Kim Kardashian's. Mm-hmm. I, I've been talking about Kardashians a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know what? When you mentioned Kardashian uh, before, I was going to say, have you? There's a new Netflix show. Oh my god! That, get out of here! No, no, it's not with. It's not with her. But she's a guest on it. It's a uh, Paris Hilton doing cooking. <laughs> Oh my god! It's I want to see this. It's a Paris Hilton cooking show. <laughs> Never mind. I changed my viewpoint. It's it's actually kind of it's actually kind of funny, <laughs> in a Paris Hilton kind of way where right. she's you know being Paris Hilton, learning about stuff, and she's gonna cook something for her friends, and then she's got um, a planner that plans out the room and the way it's gonna look and how it's oh gonna like the, the decor in it and all this stuff and. I don't know how much she's spending on that, but it it's like matter. it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. To it's her. so. It's so funny, and then also, you know, of Kim Kardashian and her, I think they were cooking a frittata. They were doing breakfast. Okay. And she's like, "Have you ever made a frittata?" To uh, you know, she says that to Kim. I go, no, I've never made a frittata before. So they first they both made frittatas for the very first time but kim kardashian is one who has the more experience with making breakfast for her kids right 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 so you know how old paris hilton is now oh my god no tell me Uh, she's 40 really yeah she's trying to be martha stewart i don't i don't know maybe no i i I think she she realizes that what, what she wants right now is she's freezing her eggs i think and she wants kids oh yeah, she she made some mention of that on on the show. I have no idea. Wow, I mean, good for her. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, she is a heir to the family, uh, to the Hilton family, whatever fortune. But it's just, it's interesting what what people uh, place importance on when when you have money, money, <laughs> money, you know, money. It's um, it's just interesting. I I don't judge, but it's just kind of like you know. You should just watch it, just because I will. it's I there will. Are like four or five episodes. You can burn through them pretty quickly. It's like you know she she uses edible glitter a lot. Of course, it's like really. Of course, <laughs> she's got this salt that's like pink salt, and I know that salt is the most expensive salt because okay. I've had this pink salt. It's salt that's harvested from somewhere in like off of a beach. Right. I went Pink to Himalayan salt. I don't know exactly specifically what it is. I know it's a kind of if it's Paris Hilton, she probably bought some really expensive salt. Probably. And didn't realize it was expensive salt. She put it like on popcorn or something ridiculous. Oh but anyway, let's not talk about Paris Hilton. No let's more talk Paris. About, let's talk about maps. Yes, please. Because maps are fun. You know what? I've got a crazy idea about maps. Yeah. Uh, paper maps, though. Okay. I don't think you could do this with uh, Google Maps. You know, origami. Love it. With maps. So you could do, you could basically figure out how certain thing that you're going to do an origami, you know, swan or whatever. Right. And put your your town. Like, you could fold it in such a way to get Tucson at a certain spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder if people, I'm sure people have already thought of this before. Doing I gotta like, look this up Doing now. like origami with maps. But, I will look this up for you. Yeah. Because it seems like that paper is, it's rigid enough to where you could do it. You know? There's Hawaiian money folding where mm-hmm. they do uh, folding in that way where, you know, you've got the various parts of the 
of the dollar bill appearing or the $20 bill or whatever appearing in some various spots. Right. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, so people do do origami with maps. Are those are like custom deals or they just do whatever? They just do their... I guess, I guess it's just kind of whatever. I'm huh. sure that if you wanted to go through like the extent extent of it, you could. Yeah. It just would take a um, an understanding of what what surfaces are exposed when you when you do these folding things and right. which ones are, will not be, and you just would have to cut the map in such a way to to get that customize. It. Yeah, that would be a good way to use all those excess maps. <laughs> that, Band maps <laughs> that turn that them no into origami. No one, yeah, exactly. That no one uses anymore. And here's the thing with maps, paper maps. I, you know, I hate to sound like the old guy again, but one of the things about paper maps when you were in your car, usually you would pass the map to your whoever the, the passenger was. They were your the person who would tell you where to go. That hasn't changed, right? That's pretty much, well, no, it has changed because now you've got Siri or whatever telling you where to go mm-hmm. or Google, yeah, right? But you used to have your co-pilot. You'd need a good co-pilot if you were going to get somewhere with a paper map so which will lead into our discussion about the sport there is a sport that is involved with maps wow scavenger hunts sort of okay sort of okay but the thing with folding maps is that people would always have problems putting the maps back together in 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 the way that it was originally and i never had that problem i don't know i always did you did? Yes, I did. Yeah. I really did. I swear. You just couldn't. But yeah, I could never get the map back together again, no matter how hard I tried. That was the hardest thing for me. So I just start folding it. Right. Whichever way. I was like, I just need to collapse yeah. this map. And I, I can never keep like a proper map. I never had that problem. I paid attention to the folds in such a way that it didn't frustrate me. It was just kind of like, and I kind of remembered sort of the order in which I, I folded things up. I, my brain works weird. No, I no, always, you're on next level stuff it was, here. It was always worked. Well, I mean, you know, everyone has their different little things, the way their brain works. That's what makes people cool and unique and interesting. It's true. So, and I won't hold it against you that you got frustrated with maps because they can be frustrating. Okay, so here's another thing that you don't have to do anymore <laughs> okay. in today's day and age that you always had to do in my day. Write out directions for someone. <sighs> Actually False. False. Okay. Okay. So, so you, you've done that before where you draw out a map? Yeah, actually. Or given somebody like directions. Do you prefer doing a map or doing actual written out directions? I'm a more visual person. Uh-huh. So I remember things more with what the things are related to. So if right. I was to ever compare, obviously, a location is something, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, kind of how I was explaining that cat cafe to you earlier. Right. I was like, it's over by, uh, it's over by the Albertsons off of Campbell and right. Glen, and think, like, yep. A lot of people, I think, a lot of people do that. They right. they associate things with with like those spots where they're visual markers. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I used to put those on the map when I would draw the map. Yeah, I, was I like, love to do that. This is a Chick Fil A here, <laughs> and then you'll cross this, and then you take this light, and then there's this, you know, McDonald's. And then you give them like a little legendary. Right, here right. you go. You got to do the you got to do the golden arches whenever you do that. Whenever you do that, or the Taco Bell thing. Oh my god, bell. love Taco Bell. Really? <laughs> yes. What is your favorite Taco Bell item? My favorite Taco Bell item. It used to be the Crunchwrap Supreme. 
Okay. But I've solely started eating the nacho fries when they came back, A, and oh, B, yeah. the are those, are those brand new? Okay, so have you seen that commercial with the anime? Yes. Is that cool? Yes. Because I think it's cool. I love it. Yeah. It would go over so many people I know, like older people's heads. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't get it. You no, know, they no, wouldn't understand it. And I actually want to see that. <laughs> as as a Western I, I side, we've really taken over a lot of Eastern culture. Well, you know what? I think there is an interesting thing is there's some overlap there. Japan, after the war, their culture is based on a lot of stuff in our culture. Right. right? And they took things. And then we took things. You know, like people say this stuff about cultural appropriation. appropriation. You're exchanging customs and things that are interesting. You're not taking it for yourself. You're right. just basically embracing something that's something unique and interesting and different and, and, and experiencing it with your own... Um, Twist. Yeah. With your own perspective, right? Right. It's, it's, it's kind of cool that way. Um, I still don't agree with mustard on pizza. Yeah, I can't really get with that I think that, that one. is kind of mm -mm. yucky. Oh my gosh, speaking of mustard on pizza. Now, okay, are you a ranch person? Yes. Okay, I am not a ranch person. Okay. Unless it's on a salad. I love it. Love you it. just put ranch on salad. Me, that's all you do with ranch. Okay. You don't put it on everything else. You don't put it on chips. You don't put it on trees for Christmas. You don't put it on any, you know, you don't put it on a lot of stuff. Are you a ketchup guy? No. Okay. No. I'm a no condiment guy. I really? just like yeah. Salt pepper. Uh okay. some, sometimes a little garlic powder, but but in general I don't put a lot of spice or a lot of condiments. There are certain condiments that are required for certain things. Right. Like a Chicago style hot dog, you need to put that glow in the dark weird ass relish on it. <laughs> That's yeah, that you need exactly. that, and then also another thing that makes a Chicago style hot dog is celery salt. Those are two things you need. Some people will say like the the uh, the sport peppers and things like that mm -hmm. too, but yeah. Uh, where were we going with this? We were going off ranch about dressing. ranch dressing. Ranch yeah. dressing. Okay, so you're a ranch person. So yes. what do you put ranch on? I love ranch with a salads. Okay, um, I really like it with pizza. To dip it in. That is what I was going to go off on. There yep. is a friggin' commercial on. Guy's delivering a pizza, and then somehow he sneaks in a bottle of ranch into the pizza, okay. and then the people go, you know, they dip the, they go, ooh, ranch, and they dip the pizza in the ranch and eat it, and then he goes, you're welcome. Basically. <laughs> that's, that's the whole commercial. That sounds great. <sighs> Did you know, um, don't quote me on this, I'm really, really bad with like, uh, geography, but over in the UK, uh -huh. um, they don't have ranch. They they don't have Hidden Valley Ranch. They don't know what that is. Well, that's that's probably a much so. a much much cleaner society. They also have really bad pizza. I bet. Um, <laughs> and this is speaking from me and my experiences in in London when I was eighteen, which was in. 1989 oh, wow <laughs> uh, when i graduated high school we were over there and you know we were we were kids so it's like what do you want to eat we're done trying all these fancy things we right. let's we want to go have some pizza we tried a couple of different pizza places and they were the that was like the, the crust was soggy oh, it was yeah. like ugh. <laughs> it was the worst pizza the only place we could get decent pizza was pizza hut 
That I was love the pizza only place. Hut. That was the only place you could get pizza over there that wasn't well. I mean, there are places better than Pizza Hut, right? Yeah. But it, I mean, it's it's a it's a standard. It's a standard. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, so is that your preferred pizza? Um, if I had to choose, because I know Pizza Huts are literally everywhere, so I that's usually my go-to because okay. they've always. They've always done me a solid. They're always like it's so good. It's yeah? so good to me. I love it. It's overpriced, but it's really good. Hmm. What are your thoughts on Domino's? Um, I'm not really prejudiced. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but really, I I will eat any pizza, but I, by far, like Pizza Hut's my go-to. Okay. Well, you know, being from the Chicago area, people always assume that I'm a deep dish guy. Right. Which is not true. I'm um I'm a California pizza kitchen guy. Oh yeah. So so I'll try weird shit on my pizza. Pineapple? But I like I like what I oh, see now that that's that, that's that's <laughs> you had you had you said it you brought it up well, you brought no, up weird stuff I said, on pizza. I said weird shit on the pizza but yeah. I, when I was thinking like <laughs> rosemary chicken potato oh wow or like barbecue chicken pizza or I, I wasn't thinking the devil's pizza <laughs> you know I wasn't thinking the demon pizza known as Hawaiian which isn't Hawaiian you know where it was invented where was it invented tell me Canada. Of course, of course, it's Canadians. Canadian. <laughs> I love Canadians. I don't love their pizza. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So Hawaiian pizza. Hawaiian false pizza. Faux pizza. Fozza. What's the weirdest pizza you've ever had? Oh my god, I like weirdest topping wise. I stop. Okay, I don't push myself with my pizza likings. Okay. I can tell you the weirdest pizza I've ever seen eaten. Okay. Um. So my mother bless her soul she loved pepperoni pizza okay with anchovies on it okay and i was like that's that's weird because i'm not the biggest fan of fish much less fish that comes out of a can right right but bless 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 her soul she loved that stuff and i yeah. was like it smells rancid get it away from me yeah can't do it right but i tried it i was not here for it but we're, you know good for her good for her right right you know at least you tried it i tried it yeah and that was a that was that was also that was the the pineapple equivalent of the day was <laughs> was making fun of people who put anchovies on pizza. I think that was like a generational thing. Yeah, people were like, probably. oh, don't put the anchovies on there. Ooh, <laughs> yuck. But yeah, and then then it turned into pineapple. Pineapple. Uh, pineapple. What this has to do with maps, I have no idea. But it's a good pizza conversation. So anyway, the weirdest thing I've ever had on pizza. I don't know if you know the place Sauce. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, my go-to there, sausage and caramelized onion. Oh, the sausage and caramelized onion pizza is amazing there. And what I have them do is I put some smoked mozzarella on there in okay. addition to the other. It gives it a nice smoky flavor. Yeah. It's so good. Wood-fired oven kind of stuff. That but anyway, good. one time I went to Sauce. I, the, it was, I think it was the first time I ever went to Sauce with my friend Michaela. We went there. And I saw this pizza, and it was prosciutto and melon. And I thought, <laughs> that, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I think I'm going to order it and see. And then I ordered it, and I took a bite, and I was like, I don't hate it. I really don't like it either. Right. It is the we- It was the weirdest thing in the world. And the manager there right. detected <laughs> she saw she saw she, she sensed saw, it she saw my facial expression she's like you know what 
I can give you just a standard pizza. Just whatever you want. It's just, you know, <laughs> and we'll excited. give it to, yeah, exactly. And it was cool, very cool as far as customer service is concerned. Yeah. Uh, that was the weirdest pizza I've ever had. Prosciutto and melon. What melon was it? It was it was mixed. It was both. It was mixed. Yep. It was it was honeydew and cantaloupe. It was like little shavings of honeydew <laughs> and cantaloupe, like you know, like little slices that were like yeah, it, really weird. That is so strange. Yeah, uh, it's no longer on the menu. Uh, they have now replaced it with prosciutto and fig. <laughs> That doesn't make it any better. That does not make it any better. I hate figs and dates. Those are wrong, sinful, <laughs> sinful snacks. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they've learned their lesson. No. No, they but, didn't. Um, this yeah, is obvious. Yeah. So pizza. Let's get back to maps. Maps. Yes. Maps. We were kind of going on the tangent of um, if I like to draw them out or give people oh, directions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Fun, fun story. Um, an old restaurant that I used to work in tended more to the elderly folk, I guess. Uh-huh. So I would get quite the quite the handful of calls of, you know, hi, sweetie, like where where where's your place located? I can't seem to find it. So me, the obviously person who doesn't know directions for anything, mm-hmm. um, would either a give the phone off to somebody or do my absolute best to direct this sweet old woman into this restaurant to get her her whatever she needed. So like like real time. So like real time, she's like, I had to kick it into gear. I became Google Maps to the sweet old lady. She's like, I'm driving off of like north of Campbell, and I'm like, okay, give me two minutes to figure out exactly where that is. Yep. That was really hard for me, actually. <laughs> but she got there. Well, that's good. That was good. At least you, you directed you directed someone to the location that they needed to get to. Right, right. right. So back uh, in the older older days, and this we're talking long ago. Okay. When you had people who made maps and distributed them, what they would do is they would make trap streets. Trap streets. Yep. Can you think of what a trap street would do? Uh, the only thing that comes to my mind with that is like an alleyway. Okay. No, it's not It's not like literally a, uh, a place. Yeah, yeah. It's not literally a trap. Well, it, it is kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> you kind of throw me off here. Right, right. Here, here is what a trap street is. It okay. is a street that is put into a map that is a fake street so other map companies won't copy it's like something that's that's like a, an imperfection that's a put into in a way. Exactly, exactly. That's sick. Yeah, except it's an actual street that doesn't exist. Those types of activities were done with paper maps until in uh, 1992, in federal court, found that trap streets included on a map cannot be copyrighted. You cannot copyright a trap street. So if you put a trap street there. Some other dude making a map can also put that same trap street there because there's no copyright on that. Right. So it's legal. It's legal. <laughs> to, it's legal to actually use something that was used to try and trip people up. This is all in the U.S. I think there are other rules uh, apply elsewhere. But in the United States, federal court found in 1992 that you can't copyright a street and therefore you can't use a trap street to make a map that's unique to your map company or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, pretty weird, huh? That's new. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's uh, according to copyright law. 
Uh, that was an interesting fact that I found when I was doing my little uh, my research for the map episode, which is this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you thought it was an episode about pizza. <laughs> or Dora. Or Dora the Explorer. No, it's about <laughs> maps. So anyway, the sport conversation. Yeah. What are your thoughts about, uh, are you a sport person? Are you an Olympics person? <sighs> um, Not so much. No? Not so much. I was encouraged to play a lot of sports growing up. Okay. So I played a lot of soccer. Gotcha. I was put in ballet. I was put in gymnastics. And I was also put in swimming. Swimming was the biggest one for me. Um, that was the one I held on to longest where I would actually do like a lot of not swimming tournaments or nothing like super professional professional but it was an enjoyable thing but it was definitely an enjoyable thing yeah yeah i did did like it quite a bit okay are you familiar with the sport of orienteering no no idea okay orienteering it's kind of like um well you know what before we get to orienteering as a sport yeah uh, have you heard of geocaching heard of it know yeah. nothing about it but i've heard of it okay so geocaching is a way that you you basically hide things. It's a form of what was called... Oh my God, letter, letter it just boxing. hit to me. I know what that is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You go to the spot that you're given. They used to have this thing that in most GPS devices that would send false readings of where you were occasionally. Uh-huh. So... If there was ever um, an attack or anything like that, or for some nefarious purpose, someone wanted to get your location, it would give you a false location, and it was part. Of, that was a feature of it. It would oh, tell wow. you that you were elsewhere, right? Right. But once that was taken out of GPSs, then this pastime of geocaching became more popular, and it's similar to what is called letterboxing in the 1850s. Where it's basically you're given a location, go to that location, and then there is a thing that you find, or a, a book to sign, or a stamp that you can put in your in your book, like you know. So it's like you you go to these different locations and you find things, and sometimes people do like puzzles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or put things where you gotta kind of figure stuff out, but there are rules as far as you know. You don't put anything nasty in them or or whatever right, right. but it's just a thing and it's something that my my friend and her husband really got into she would say oh hey we're gonna go out to lunch but i want to go check out a, a geocache that is over behind this denny's or whatever right it's like oh, oh, <laughs> okay so it's like did you find it and she's like yep and then that's that's it <laughs> <laughs> there's a I don't mean to interrupt, but this is really sparking my interest. They have this, um, they came out with this app called Randonaut, or it's like Randonauting. Okay. Do you know what that is? No, no. What is that? So Randonauting was, I believe, I don't know what the app is called, but it's very similar to Geocache, except you can kind of look up what you would be looking for in a location. Okay. It actually got very popular for, um, for like murders. So like murderers yeah, use this thing? Yeah, murderers use this thing to set up people to either kill them or places that they buried bodies. Yikes. So you could go out and you like you basically type in the top. I've never seen the app myself, but I've, I've seen it all over the internet. You type in what you're looking for. 
And a lot of the times people can put in places like, oh, this is where you'll find money or this is where you can find something else. And people get so curious and they love messing with things that they shouldn't. Right. And they would find dead people or places where people like, you know, satanic cult stuff or, you know, dead pigs. Yeah. How much of that is people fucking with other people? So much. much 99.9% of it. A hundred percent guaranteed. But it's still not fun to like try to pull up on an abandoned house and see a dead pig. You know what I mean? Yeah. So these people who do the geocaching, it's governed by, you know, the community. Yeah. So the community basically manages that sort of thing. And if, if, if they ever, you know, it's like, you're not going to get the information on where this stuff is unless you're a member of the community. And mm-hmm. if you do something like put a dead pig at a certain spot or whatever, they'll know. They'll know and then you will be out of the group and whatever. But we'll I guess it, I guess it only takes one murder. <laughs> right? I mean, Basically. it's uh, pretty weird. I'm not going to look up Slipknot or whatever you call it. Rando Knot. <laughs> Slipknot is a different Slipknot. thing. Yeah, they're, they're a band. That's true. So orienteering the sport of orienteering it originated in the swedish military okay uh in the 19th century it is basically a proficiency where you use a map and a compass to okay. get to various places and you know it's basically a, an exercise in how how to navigate you know when you don't have directions essentially it's right. it's, it's basically navigating a, an environment and it's a sport, you know, after the military, the Swedish military did this more as training. But then in 1897, the first civilian competition was held in Norway. There are various versions of orienteering. There's a, there's an orienteering council that, okay. that basically, that's their world orienteering championships. There was an attempt, a couple of attempts actually, to get the sport of orienteering into the Olympics. Yeah, I I would imagine that would be an interesting thing to watch, though. Some orienteering competitions involve things like running. If you have to go to be the first person to something, right, you're going to either run or, you know, there's there are variations that you do on skis, um, mountain biking by foot. Yeah, it would be an interesting thing to to watch, I think, in some way, like. I don't know. Maybe it would be relaxing. Like golf would be really. <laughs> golf would be <laughs> very you, extreme. Uh, do you like golf at all or no? I've never played like big boy golf. I've always played mini golf. You know what? That's the only golf to play. It's true. I agree. You don't have to choose your clubs. You just got your putter. That's all you, you gotta just do. have as much fun as you can. Yep. Hit it into the windmill or whatever. Oh. <laughs> I have a note here about orienteering. Okay. Um, you ever watched The Amazing Race? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. That was a big thing for me. It's a, that's I think that's like that's urban orienteering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I have uh, I have here, The Amazing Race is urban orienteering with assholes. It's true. That's what it is. It's true. Would you ever be on one of those shows? Yeah. Why yeah. not? I would love to for the experience. Yeah. And. I, because they always take place in like the coolest places. Yeah. Didn't they do one in like Japan too? I they might have. They, 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 I mean, they've had like 40 seasons, right? Yeah, so basically. they must have they they done it. If I want to do the Amazing Race, 
I would just do it on my own at a leisurely pace. Yeah, not to so, be rushed so, or anything. So, right, right. So, so my my amazing race would just be go to a city, scavenger hunt, <laughs> just do my thing, just find places that I want to go to and just right. kind of explore. But you know, I can see the appeal of of kind of a competition where you've got a a, a prize at the end. And... I'm super competitive. Oh, okay. So. I would love to do something like that. I yeah. like to, f- it, it would be, I could imagine it as like a big escape room. Oh yeah. Have That's you, kind of okay. how I view it. Okay. So have you done escape rooms? Cause I, no. no? Okay. I've wanted to, but I've never gotten the chance to. I, Cause I think an escape room, your probability that you'll escape and not be frustrated. It has a lot to do with the people that you're in the escape room. With. Exactly. And if you don't have the right alchemy, of people, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna be frustrated and just yeah. say Absolutely. throw your hands up. So let's tie this to video games, huh? Yeah, let's get to um, it. Are you familiar? He asked knowingly with the game Mappy. Of course, I loved Mappy growing up. I really yeah. did. Mm-hmm. What was it about Mappy that you liked the most? Well, I like the challenge of it. Um, the, the so when what I played it on, they never gave you directions on how to play the game. Oh, okay. They said figure it out. Right. I said cool. So I kind of like the trampolines. Obviously, like right. after you jumped on them so many times that before they reset, you broke through. Right. Or the doors. Mm-hmm. The doors were so fun. I love slamming the doors in the cats' faces. And then, and that was so fun. <laughs> yes, that was so yeah. fun. Yeah. There are certain levels where you use the trampoline and you go through the roof and you get into the uh-huh, attic, right? Yeah. Which you didn't know was there. Exactly. Right. Um, I spent so much time playing those games where I would use the trampolines to my advantage. Right. And I would jump on them till they would break through and kill like all the cats that I could and you'd get all those points racked up. Right. And Do each f- game, you know, would obviously progress with more more cats and that would scare, would scare me so bad <laughs> you were scared yeah they were they would come for your soul <laughs> they wanted your mappy soul they want they were like we're gonna steal everything yeah. and then take your soul and i was your, like perfect the, the meow keys yes yep which are which is mew keys in japan yes. yes um here's another interesting fact about the name mappy in japan it's actually called mapo 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 and that is uh, basically a pejorative meaning of cop. <laughs> so, so that's that's you know it's a negative way to say that. No. Um, and before that, you know what the mapo meant? Hmm. Anus. Oh <laughs> my god! So there you have it. There we go. Interesting. So in the arcade, the way that I racked up my points in that game was always with the um, the matching. And then you had to, and also if you paid attention to the the little boss cat, mm-hmm. which things he hid behind, you could yeah. get bonuses that way too. Uh huh. Yeah, it was such a great game. It's very yakuza. <laughs> it's Is a it? very yeah. Well, so just kind of think about it. So yakuza, right? Japanese gang. Right. So you have your big boss man. And the he, big Gato. And he's, and, and he's got and the he's, big fucking mansion. Exactly. He's got yeah. his big massive mansion and he's got his yeah, little homies. Big, yeah. And they all... And, and they, they all chase after you while trying to protect their boss, right? right? Mr. Gato, who steals all of these precious things. That is totally... Yep. 
that is that you hit the nail right on the head, and also with the anus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the cop. Mr. Cop. The cop. A question about maps and games. I know that you like a lot of the um, Assassin's Creed stuff, and you a lot of like the open world stuff, right? Uh huh. Um, things like you know Fallout, mm-hmm. which in games like that. The map is a very important thing. You know what right? else? What mm-hmm. other game the map is very important in? What is that? Minecraft. Yes. Minecraft, 150%. Right. Like, I I get so upset when you die and you have your map on you and you, for whatever reason, just take it like right off a cliff into some lava. Like, that's it. Your map's gone. And you just dedicated like the past maybe two hours filling up your entire map, exploring everything. Hmm. And like, you know, the the maps are the most massive important things in that game, to be right. honest with you. Besides like every like the crafting and stuff, but your locations, like they have it even set on like X and Y. I know that the newer updates don't really prioritize that so are, uh, map uh, effect anymore. Okay. So if you build a pit of lava uh-huh. and you fall into the pit of lava, yeah. you lose your map? So when you play Minecraft, okay, um, your main goal is to kill the Ender Dragon. So it's not just like building a thing and it's, building your it's stuff. It's prioritized mainly on building. Okay, that's what I would like to go for. Like you, the the main 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 goal, like what they built it for, mm-hmm. was like, hey, cool, go kill the Ender Dragon. But you have to go scavenge for your materials. Gotcha. You have to do this, but you build a house because you want this beautiful place to keep all your stuff in, right? Right. When you die, all your stuff falls off your person. Okay. And if if you have a map on you you lose your map all right but coordinates in that game are important especially if you're trying to find diamonds or you're trying to find certain gems within certain levels if you were ever looking for anything specific like a map was kind of your go-to key and if you wanted to fill up your entire world map that was a big thing too i always valued maps uh-huh. because in any game regardless i do always get lost I always get lost. Okay. Um, Assassin's Creed, um, Dying Light, all of these things, like you prioritize trying to find where you're going on somewhere. Like I always resort to a map no matter what. Right. And that's that's another, like some of those games where you expose per- portions of the map as you go. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's a Cartesian mm-hmm. coordinate system, right? Yeah. That you're yeah. using with Minecraft. You know when we used to uh, back in my day again, Jesus, I, I'm sorry. When, when I would play games and you have a map, like you're going through mm-hmm. a dungeon or whatever, yeah. you would draw it out on a piece of graph paper, and that's just what we did, right? right? So a lot of those things, like in Minecraft, that uses the Cartesian coordinate kind of thing, it's the same thing, but the map is actually in the game. Yeah. Do people draw out those maps in real life so they can go back to where they? Um. Instead, they use coordinates. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've okay. noticed a lot of people or streamers use coordinates whenever they're trying to find like a their house or like a really good place that they okay. like. Okay. Okay. So that's how they. That's the way that they keep track. They yeah. write those things. They write them down, or do they just memorize them? Memorize them. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I would. I would still prefer the old method of pen and paper. But I remember like things like even text-based adventure games, right. where you have various paths you can go down. Mm-hmm. Right wouldn't even have to be a physical thing it would be even like okay well i got to this point and then i did this thing 
and what did that end up getting me to? You know, I would do these like yeah. maybe even flow diagrams is, is kind of it was it was kind of a a story map of sorts that I would do for like a lot of these older like text based adventure games. Do you have any notable maps in your game playing experience where you go, that was a pretty fucking awesome map? <laughs> um oh, wow. Um, considering that maps are literally in everything, maps are literally in everything. I can't say no, but I will say what makes a good map is a good legend. Exactly. And that's, that's the best thing that I can say. You hit the nail on the head. A good legend. Yeah. Like there's certain mission types. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have those in there. Depending on the game itself, you don't have to expose all that shit all at once. Yeah. It's like if you get to a certain point or if you find a certain object or if you do something, you can, you can, you can gamify it yeah. to where you can find all the hidden things. Did you ever play the Doom games? Like No, but I really wanted to. Yeah. Like I heard the, the latest uh, iteration of Doom was pretty amazing, but it was also pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But the original Doom, you know, the very first one, the one that uh, ID Software put out as a free demo where you got like the first level and you played it on a PC. It wasn't on an actual floppy disk. It was, uh, do you know what a floppy disk is? Yes, of course I know what a floppy (laughs) disk is. It's magnetic media. (laughs) So anyway, it was on a a CD and you put that in, you got to play it and it had a cool, like if you press, I forget which, which function key you would press a wireframe map of the level on top of the, the actual three-dimensional thing that you were going through right so it would show you things it wouldn't necessarily show you the levels like like as far as um you know a height but it would show you an outline of the things that you you know get to and if there was a secret area Mm -hmm. you would see that there's something behind this that's drawn in there and you would figure well you'd have to try and figure out how to get there right right but it was like one of the first games that i seem to remember where a map was used in that way very basic looking but also just gave you a good idea of where you were in the level doom is is at its heart it's an action game and you got to be on your toes or else you're going to get you know, your ass fried. Yeah, basically. By the devil people. The devil folk. Yeah. Devil exactly. pizza. The devil pizza. <laughs> Do you remember Qbert? Uh yeah. One of the coolest things about the original Qbert, which you as someone who played it on a system that wasn't an arcade machine, didn't get to experience is okay, and this is it's the little things, okay? It's the small things. This is this is one of the cool things about the, that game was when you would jump off the edge, uh-huh. what would happen is you would hear Kubrick go, ah, and there would be a, a thing that would like hit the bottom. Like a knock. Right. Like a knocker that would hit the bottom of the uh-huh. arcade cabinet. So it would hit, you oh would hear God. it. Like when he hit the bo- when he hit the ground. That's amazing. Who who thought of putting that in there? But it just added so much and it added a humor factor to the game. Notable maps. Horizon Zero Dawn. Had Heard a, of it, never played it. Oh. I know, I'm so sorry to kill that vibe. You know what? Hmm. I forgive you. But it is such a great game. It's it's definitely something you should play. The story is great. Okay. The map, perfect. But if that's not the... The, the thing is the story. <laughs> the got story a very, is where it's at. Yeah, you got a very strong female lead character mm-hmm. in Aloy. In any game where you're basically taken down robot dinosaurs with a bow and arrow oh my God. 
and it's fun. That sounds so cool. It's such a great game. You definitely, I think it would definitely be up your alley. And I'm looking forward to what they do with with uh, Forbidden West, which is going to be on the you know PlayStation Five exclusive. Gorilla Games, yeah, that's Gorilla Games. Hmm. So anyway, um, and what is the last one? Oh, Jedi Fallen Order. Can't do it. Sorry, I'm not a big Star Wars person. No. Nope. Um, you know what? I could. I mean, listen. Yeah. The first movie I ever saw as a young child was A New Hope. It was it was Star Wars. Um, I was five years old. Mm-hmm. It was the first movie I went to um, that was my real movie. Right, and right. my mom tried to warn me by saying that, um, you know, that there are going to be people who were getting shot with guns in it. And I cried <laughs> and it said I didn't want to go. Right. Right. And then... I went and I thought it was the most amazing movie I've ever seen. Right. But it was the first movie I've ever seen. <laughs> so, I mean, besides like Disney movies and stuff. Of course. But but beyond that first three, you know, same thing. It's like, eh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Actually, the arcade game was pretty freaking awesome. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it wasn't, I've never been a fanboy. I've never been like into the universe. I've never wanted to, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, so, so I did pick up Jedi Fallen Order because I heard good things about, you know, it was a unique story, the game dynamics were cool, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And they were okay. It was a little Dark Soulsy in it's in the way Dark Souls was good. Sekro was good too. Um, and Bloodborne. Even though they're not the same Bloodborne and them, but Bloodborne was good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um do you like the challenge of those or do you you know, they make me really want to, you know, gouge my eyes out. But I like the art style and I love the gore. And okay. I have I really have to, like, sit down and be like, listen, like, this is, just do it. Just right. do it. Right. No matter how much you're going to hate this, you just got to do it. Because I want to do it. And I just get, I try to prioritize the game over the frustration. Right. You figure out how to get through the levels and how to... You know, it it's kind of tough, though, right? Let's just say I do my best. Okay, no, no, that's fine. There's no baby ass baby mode on those things. No, fuck, uh, fuck no. There's yeah. <laughs> that shit rocks your ass. Yep. But anyway, that being said, it was it was a pretty good game, yeah. Star Wars or otherwise. Okay. Um, had a cool reveal with Darth Vader. Anyway, so um, <laughs> the thing that I thought was the coolest part about it was the maps. Maps. The maps were great because they were three dimensional. Oh wow! You could okay. rotate them. They they were. It was very clear where you. It wasn't clear how you had to get to some plot, uh, some place. Uh-huh. But it was very clear, showing you where you haven't opened a door or where you haven't done That's a helpful. thing. Right. Exactly. So you can you can actually see all the different in a three dimensional space where things were you didn't go to. You know how some games and maps where they have the floors and you just cycle through the floors, it's like the first floor is this and then the second floor is this map. Yeah, and then, yeah that was and big in Resident Evil right, 8. Right, right. And, it, and it's kind of confusing because it doesn't put it all together and sometimes yeah. it's not very clear where which where the staircase is, right, that you right. know, like where the entrance and exits are. Yeah. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, fabulous map. Well, in that game, I'm so curious. How did you did you play um, Alien Isolation at all? Uh, no, I did not. No, no. okay. Is okay. that also a good map? It's an interesting map. 
Okay. It's such a weird concept. I would you would have to look it up. There's no way for me to describe it to be so, honest. So Alien Isolation was isn't that is, that's not Ripley's child. It's some some other like after Ripley. It's Ripley. Or... It's like Ripley herself, but like I don't know. I think they tried to do like a re reinvent her in a way, I guess, but okay. they call her Ripley. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, so yeah. it's like a younger Ripley? I guess so. It's 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 a good it's a good game. It, oh, it's hard. It yeah. takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of patience, but it's so worth it because the alien is an AI, so it learns your entire movement and right. your entire like everything, which is really scary. And like where you but, where you where you like to hide mm-hmm, and what yeah. you like to yeah, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. good though. I wonder if you could like trick it by doing things that don't make sense. I've done it, done it. Oh, okay, so mm-hmm. that's that's so that's a, a valid. Absolutely. So if you. If you hide under a tree and then you jump up on a, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll wrap this up by doing the question, what makes an effective map in a video game? And what you said perfectly was an, a legend. You have to have a good, clear, legible, easy to understand legend. Yep, yep. hands down. Anything else that you can uh, come up with? No, no. I mean, that's that's really the heart and soul of a map for me. Oh, you know what? Another thing is uh, waypoints. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ability to um, set, show a waypoint. A, set a waypoint, yep. be it for a mission location or otherwise. Yes. Right? yes. Um, have you ever you played those games that have the, it's not really a map, but it's, you know, it's like you set a waypoint and then it kind of directs you where you would go. Yeah. That's what happens in Assassin's Creed, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does, does it do it successfully? Uh, the new Valhalla game definitely does it better than Odyssey does. Okay. Because mm-hmm, um, the horse will take you right off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> you want to okay. set your like your controller down to get a drink or something? Don't. Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. Valhalla has really pulled through, though. Not going to lie. Okay. So you're talking about when you would like you just set it on auto. Like you set your horse on auto. It's basically <laughs> on, on auto. auto. Yeah. 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 It'll either take you way past the point or it gets you lost somewhere or ran into something. It's... Gotcha. So it doesn't stop when it's supposed to. It's, no, not okay. at all. Um, yeah. So it's like cruise control. Cruise God. control, basically. My horse has cruise control. Your Pegasus. Did you ever <laughs> unlock the Pegasus stuff or any of the... So they had um, a unicorn. Oh, unicorn. That mm-hmm. was what it was. It was a unicorn. They have yeah. Pegasus in Valhalla, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another thing is those waypoints, setting your own waypoint. But then also games... It's not an open world, right? Mm -hmm. But there are things where you click on a mission. Like, that's one thing about... uh, I talked about Outriders earlier. In Outriders, there are certain... (laughs) There are games that do this all the time. Where you set a mission, like you say, okay, I want to go to that spot. You press a button which will tell you how to get there or point you in that direction. Mm -hmm. And it points you in a direction you can't go. And some games do it a lot better than others, but you know sometimes it's like that shouldn't be an afterthought. That should be a key part that you make sure is absolutely correct in a game because you can frustrate the fuck out of people if you it's do true. that all the time. It's very true. Um, so I think that's a very important thing. Ooh, zoom! You got to give me the zoom. The zoom. The zoom. Zoom. Like zooming in and out of the map. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, zooming in and out of the map. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes there have been games where it's like, you know. That's it. The map is too. (laughs) You're right. You can't see the the finer features. Right. If a game is to have a map that's too big, 
Uh-huh. Skyrim's the prime example for having a big map. Right. Is when you discover something, it will therefore then pop up onto the map. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, you know, people like to discover all that map stuff. But right. I love being able to click on a mission and click on a button that will lead me exactly where I need to be instead of trying to go and find it. Oh. That's what stressed me out the most is trying to find something in some place with this new map that I just found with all these new things compared to like Skyrim. Right. Got a mission, you hit whatever, you know, say console that you're on uh-huh. and it takes you straight to the mission of the place of the point that you need to be. Love that. Yeah. Love that for maps. It doesn't always fit into the game itself, right? It's right. like it's like there are certain games where that would be what you want it to do. And and there are certain games where the exploration is more important than the than the mission thing. But Skyrim is just so friggin' huge that it is. Yeah. Well, let's close this episode on maps. Perfect. Shall we? Let's do it. Do you have anything to say about maps? Anything to say about maps? No. Do you want um, to sing the Dora? No. The- okay. <laughs> All right. I guess the best thing I could say is uh, just don't be afraid to get lost. Exactly. That's good advice in any kind of exploration game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe in and life. life. So on that note, let's close this up. Close this up. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> can fold this up. Can fold, you know what? Perfect. <laughs> so on that note, let's fold this up like a map. Thank you for joining us uh, on this episode of the Too Vague Podcast Map Edition. I'm Ben. And I'm Evan. We'll see you. Well, I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.